All right. Well, welcome, church. Uh, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic, and I get to pastor our church with my beautiful wife and our awesome pastoral team, and uh, we love you all. Um, we're on this journey following Christ, and what we found is hope and healing in Him, and that's exactly what we believe that everyone can find, is in Christ hope and healing. And so um, we love that we get to serve and serve in this capacity, and we're blessed by the Lord. And so we love you all, and uh, I'm excited to get into the Word. You guys ready? You guys ready? We're going to get into the Word here this morning. Um, today we kick off a brand new message series titled Battle Ready. Um, I'm excited to share with you. It's a series that, um, that really aims at making you more aware of the unseen world and preparing you for the spiritual battle that has huge consequences. And so um, with that being said, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it's alive and that it's available to us, God. This morning, God, would you open our hearts and our minds and help us to receive what you have for us today. I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would just move throughout this place and throughout the message, God, you would just begin to speak and you would begin to tug and you would begin to convict and you would begin to challenge, you'd begin to bless, you'd begin to open us, God, help us to see your favor, your direction, the steps we need to take, Lord, and we thank you because you are so good. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. amen. Have you ever heard of virtual reality worlds? Those are some things out there, right? Did you know that even in virtual reality worlds, you can't purchase real estate? Some of you didn't know that, but there are some of these things out there. And I thought, oh my goodness, are you serious? I'm going to purchase uh, some real estate in a world that's virtual? How does that work? But even without technology, do you know that we can create fantasy worlds all by ourselves in our minds? To believe that something exists or to believe that something does not exist. It's really interesting the way that our minds work. I mean, you could talk to psychologists, you could talk to brain doctors, and they'll explain this. People can essentially lie to themselves so that they won't face the reality of the truth. You see, what I'm talking about today and what we're going to get into is Satan's biggest lie, which is to get you to believe that he is not real. That's his aim, that's his goal, that's his hope, and he's going to take steps along the way, but to get you to believe that he, in fact, is not real, that demons aren't real, that, that, that hell is not real. The amount of funerals that I've been to where they talk about their loved one going to heaven and they never lived a day of their life for God, the, the fact that they'll pretend or, or, or they'll, they'll live in a reality that hell isn't real, and if hell isn't real for them, then neither is evil or neither is Satan. Listen, anytime we have a belief, we have to ask ourselves, what is my belief based on? What's it based on? For example, if I were to say God exists, what is my belief based on? I mean, is it, is it just a thought? Is it, is it a custom or a tradition? Or is it because it's trending right now? Or is it because so-and-so believes it, so it must be true if so-and-so believes it? What is my belief based on? You have to know why you believe what you believe. In fact, if I were to say, well, yes, God does exist, what proof do I have? 
See, I have his word that has stood the test of time for thousands of years. There's always been somebody trying to say, nope, that's not God's word. Man wrote that. That's not from God. Or they'll try to say, well, this doesn't make sense. And that those people have come and gone, and yet the word of God remains. It, it has always been here. It, is, it has stood the test of time. It, is, it has been faithful. But in addition to his word, I also have his Holy Spirit that empowers me, that works in my life. And then my eyes work and I'm able to see creation and I can look at the ocean and the boundaries that are created with the sand and I can look at the mountains and I can look at his creativity and his detail and I can tell that there's a designer and there's a creator and I can look at the human body and I can look at the eyeball and I can look at the fact that a woman can, can, can develop a human in her body and say there must be a designer and a creator. But yet they'll say no. Listen, if I were to create a remote control car and, and design it and then put it out in production and, and then let it be sold and people were to buy it, and then once they bought it and they brought it home, they said, well, I'm going to change these tires, I'm going to change this look and do it like this, and it, and it doesn't look like what I created it to be. It never changes the fact that there was still a designer and a creator who created it. And just like what we experience here, Humanity has done so many things with God's creation. If I say God exists, but the devil doesn't, what am I saying? Am I saying there's good but no evil in this world? Am I being blind to evil? And again, I see it all the time. A loved one passed away and they say, well, you know, an angel just got their wings or heaven gained another one and that person never lived uh, seconds for the Lord. They are blind to the reality that hell does exist or dev that the devil does ex exist, that demonic spirits exist. They have believed Satan's biggest lie. Now, let me say this. There is good and there's evil in this world. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a God and a devil. He is an actual being. See, what I want you to understand is this. There are things that you can't always see that affects what you can see. Let me say it this way. There are things that you can't always see that have the power to affect your physical everyday life. There is an unseen world where a battle is taking place. Now, to help me illustrate this, I have an image on the screen and I want you to see this here. Uh, you may have seen this picture before, but, you, but you, you'll see the, the demonic, the evil, and then you'll see angels fighting around this, this man. And some of you say, well, pastor, isn't, isn't that just an angel and a demon war? What do I have to do with that? No, this is just a picture, and I don't want to confuse anybody, but I want you to know that you are called to partake in the battle of this unseen world. So how do I battle this? Well, 2 Corinthians gives us some insight in chapter 10 and verses 3 through 4, and it says this, For though we live in the world, that's where we're at, right? You and I are here. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does, right? right I, I don't, you know, with a, a, what is it called, a concealed permit license? You know what I'm saying? Legally, come on, somebody. Uh, or my bone arrow, my career, you know. Uh, for though we do not wage war as the world does, verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world, right? There's a time and a place for that, but that's not what we're talking about here. 
It says this, on the contrary, they have divine power. What's that? Power from God, power from on high, to demolish strongholds. What are strongholds? Spiritual demonic beings that are commanded to hold you from experiencing freedom in Christ. See, what I'm talking to you about has everything to do with a spiritual battle that, takings, that takes place. A battle, a war that exists on the outside as, and, if you will, on the inside. And the Bible talks quite a bit about it. And for us as Christians, this is huge. You have to understand that the devil doesn't want you to choose to serve Christ. And he'll work overtime that if you've made that decision for Christ, he doesn't want you to continue to serve Christ. He doesn't want you to be free. And remember, I said I had two aims with this series. Number one, making you more aware of the unseen world, which we will do throughout. Number two, preparing you for the spiritual battle that has huge, dire consequences, and that's going to be our focus. You see, studying wars and speaking to military officers, I've learned that preparing for battle really involves, it will involve training, training and learning how to use your armor, your weapons, your gear, and also learning about your enemy. And in preparing you, preparing us for this spiritual battle, we're going to take a look at the spiritual armor that God makes available to us as Christ's followers. And the Bible calls this the armor of God. And so we're going to take a look over the next six weeks here in Ephesians chapter 6 and really dive into this and break this down. And so I want to take a moment to read this here. And it says this in Ephesians 6. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the what? Full armor, right? Some people just want to put on the helmet of salvation. Well, technically I'm saved and then that's it. But there's so much more that God wants to do in your life. He says put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And let me tell you, he's a schemer. He don't got just one or two schemes. Like, I know the devil. He just does that. He does that. No, he's, he's got schemes. He looks at you. He sees, he sees what you're about, how you handle yourself. Uh, he knows what you're struggling with. He knows where you're weak. And, and, and he tries to exploit these things. The devil's got schemes, okay? And, and verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces in the uh, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm going to pause there for a moment. It can be so easy to pretend that this doesn't exist. What we just read here in these first few verses, we can say, nope, that doesn't exist. I'm just living my life. You know, I get up, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I watch some sports, I take care of the kids. Whatever it is I do, but that doesn't exist. Demons, and this don't exist. There's no unseen world. You can pretend. But that'll never change the fact of the reality of what is really going on in this life. And what we expose ourselves to has consequences in our life. Okay. Verse 13, it says this, Therefore put on the what? Full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You see, this passage describes the armor of God. It also describes why we should put it on and who we are fighting against. And it lists the specific armor. And over the course of this series, we're going to dive into this. We're going to break down what the Word of God says. Because I want you to come to a place where you feel uh, ready, where you feel aware of this unseen battle. And so to begin this morning, in part one of our series, what is the belt of truth and why do I need it? What is the belt of truth and why do I need it? Well, the belt of truth is knowing the truth of the Holy Scriptures and living by it. Knowing the truth of the Holy Scriptures and living by it. You see, we live in a day and an age where truth is circumstantial. Based on however I'm feeling, depending on what I feel I need in the circumstance, that becomes my truth. And we can convince ourselves, right? However, that doesn't make it true. We can say, well, you know what, this is okay because, you know, it just feels right. Or, you know what, it's really been a crazy week, it's been a crazy month, it's been a crazy year, so this is okay. And we can convince ourselves that, hey, that's fine. And what we expose ourselves to then puts us in a certain position in the battle. Now you're in a position where you're not firm, your feet aren't dug in. Now you're, you're, you're wobbling, right? You're in it and you're wobbling. You're on the ropes because of what we've allowed in our lives. You have to understand, the devil wants to attack me and all he has to do is attack my truth. Because if he can get me there and, and cause me to believe and, and act based on something false, then he's winning in my life. Right? He's changed my narrative. My narrative, I'm walking with the Lord, I'm following the Lord, I worship the Lord, and then all of a sudden I made an excuse for a truth based on his temptation, and I stepped right into something. He's working to get me to believe his biggest lie. What's his biggest lie? That's it. To get humanity to believe that he does not exist. Listen, have you ever met somebody that they just tried and justified something that you know was wrong and not true, and they just kind of just like, it was one thing on top of the other. It was like, okay, they made an excuse. Now it's a lie. Now it's a lie on top of a lie. You ever seen that? You're like, what are you doing? Like, that's not even true. What, what are you doing? And they're just, they're, just, they're just going on top of each other like this. Have you seen that before? Listen, for all of us. I need the truth in my life. I need God's truth in my life. The minute I stop needing the truth is the minute I've put down my defenses and I've allowed, I've allowed the truth to be whatever my circumstances say it should be. I need to be able to combat the plans of the enemy with the belt of truth. Now, before Jesus was arrested, we have one of his recorded prayers, and I, and I think it's so beautiful that we, we have insight to Jesus in, in this way. And, you know, we, we'll see in the Bible, we'll describe how he was feeling, and it'll describe what was on his heart, and, it'll, and, and, and specifically we see his prayers and what he was praying. And in John chapter 17, verse 17, he's praying this prayer, and he's praying to the Father, and he's praying for his disciples. He's, he's praying for the future, for the church, and he says this in verse 17. He says, make them holy by your truth. 
Teach them your word, which is truth. I mean, this is Jesus' prayer for you and I. Even 2,000 years later, God's word is truth, and it produces righteousness in me. It produces righteous character in me. It produces a reflection of who Christ is in me. Now, sometimes when we think of a belt, all we think about is getting whooped. Come on, don't lie. Some of you thought about it. Some of you thought about it. I have a couple of pictures real quick. We'll just go through them quickly. Your mom gives you the choice. Which one are you choosing? Hey, come on, somebody. All right, there's another one. There's another one. Uh, when mom and dad team up. Come on, somebody. Okay, one more, one more, one more. Uh, old school. Which one did mama use on you? Hey, some options. Is that the last one? Is there one more? There's one more. Okay, one more. As a child, this was the ultimate defense against the belt. It looks like the Heisman, but uh, that's, for, that's guarding yourself against the whooping and the belts. But the belt being described in Scripture has a much different function. And it's best described in the armor of the Roman officer. And especially since the Apostle Paul held Roman citizenship and the Roman Empire was at its peak uh, during this time, the Roman soldier would have looked something like this. Um, just like this. Would have looked something like this. And the belt went around the soldier's waist and was one of the most important pieces of equipment because it held everything the soldier needed. Everything was fastened to his belt. And if his belt wasn't in place, nothing else was secure. As he's going to go into battle, if he doesn't have the belt on him, he, everything else would fall apart. He wouldn't be as effective as he could be in battle if his belt wasn't secure. It held everything together. He needed it to function the way that it was supposed to function. And what the Bible is telling Christians is that this piece of armor is extremely important. And that if we are not grounded in the truth, we will fall. You will fall. If the belt of truth is not secure in your life, the rest of your armor will not work the way it should. You have to understand this. You cannot allow truth to be circumstantial. Truth cannot just be fluid. It cannot be whatever I feel like, so that's what it's going to be. There must be truth. We must stand on it, we must live on it, we must look through the lens of it, we must be sure of it. Because Satan's not taking any days off. Because there's demonic spirits looking to get folks, and they're commanded to go and become a stronghold in your life, to come and, to, to come and to, to hold you strongly in that area, so that you're not free, you don't have the freedom in Christ. See, when we're going through it, when we feel like our back is against the wall, you feel like you're being attacked, it's the truth that holds things together. See, the truth is the Word of God, and it contains great power in our lives to lead us, guide us, and protect us. Man, come on, somebody. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This reminds us that the Bible is from God. It's not from man. Now, God used humans to write it down and put it together, but this is from God. And it, is, it, it reminds us that it's perfect, and if we will let it, it will accomplish a whole lot in our lives. But let me say this. It doesn't accomplish anything in our lives if it's not secured in our life. Say, well, I hope that I would grow or I would change by now. I would mature by now. Yeah, but if you don't got the belt of truth on. Well, I've been around the church. I've been been around these things for a long time. And and, and I see so-and-so doing this. I've been around. Yeah, but if if I go and and, and circle and walk around the bank, that isn't going to make me good with money. Right? Right? Uh, you know, if, if I just go and watch other people play basketball and I never actually go do it myself, it's not going to make me good. You guys think this killer crossover I got is just because I've been watching people? It comes from playing. I need the truth in my life, and I need, to be, uh, I need to be able to apply it in my life. And I know that I will accomplish God's good and perfect will in my life if the truth of God is in my life. Because it always leads me down the right path. It always leads me to Jesus. I love the word of God. In scripture, there's this reference to how I should be dressed. Not physically dressed, but the Bible, because the Bible isn't for or against how I'm dressed. It says this, well, there's modesty and there's, there's that, absolutely. But in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 37, and, it's, and I'm going to explain the passage, and, but it, I want you to get this first part. It says this in verse 35. It says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. Now, let me explain the passage. It's talking about how Jesus will return. It's talking about the fact that Jesus will return. And as Christians, we must live with this expectancy that Jesus will return because this is what the Bible teaches us. And this passage is asking us, what kind of life will we be living when he returns? Let's go to 35. It says this, be dressed for what? For service. Be dressed for service. In one version, it says, be dressed for action. See, we can be dressed and relaxed, or we can be dressed for for service. The Bible is teaching us to not let Jesus come back and, and find that the belt of truth isn't around our waist. That we were just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to deal with that area of my life. You know, I'm going to get to that one day. You know, this is where I'm at. And we just make excuses. Now, not everybody is just like, boom, bam, woo. It's, it's not like that. That's, you know, I get that. That's some people's testimony. But it, it takes work. We've got to work at these areas. And we have to allow God to work. And you have to let the, put the belt of truth in your life. And, 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 and when you know truth and you stand on the truth, you're, you're able to say, hey, no, that's not right. Okay, I know what truth is. And you don't let things in that don't need to be in. Are you following? Amen. 
belt of truth must be around her waist. Well, I have the belt of truth, you know, it's over there on the shelf, you know. Or it's, it's archived in my unused apps on my phone. But I got to have it ready for service, which means I got to have, tr have truth in my life. I, I, ha I have to choose to live by this. I'm going to look through this lens in life. It's, it's not going to be a, a, a tradition. It's not just going to be what's popular. So-and-so believes it. It's, it's not just going to, to, to be what's trending and those type of things. It's going to be because I know why I believe and I stand on this and I've seen its power in my life. And I've seen how the designer, the creator has woven everything together perfectly. See, what's the belt of truth? Knowing the truth of the Holy Scriptures and living by them. Why do I need it? I'm just going to share with you here point number two, and it's a little bit quicker, but why do I need it? I need the belt of truth because the devil aims at getting me to believe his biggest lie. See, if he can penetrate my mind, he can win. If he can penetrate my heart, he can win. If he can change my narrative of living right, then he can win. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Why does the Bible say that about the heart? Because sometimes I desire things I shouldn't. Sometimes I desire things that are no good for me. They're not good for me. They're not good for my family. They're not good for my kids. They're not good for my church. They're, they're not good. And I also want to say this. I want to say this. Not everything is the devil's fault. I need to take responsibility for my actions and my choices. Did he tempt me? Yeah. But I chose to do it. Best believe that he's looking to try and, and, and get me to believe his biggest lie. What is that? What's his biggest lie? That's right, that he doesn't exist. Don't for one second think, oh, you know, I... Uh, I have this weakness, but the devil would never exploit my weakness. Oh, yeah, he would. Yes, he would. He'll try again and again to gain traction and advantage in your life. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this, Stay alert, watch out, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he'll do it with a lie. All the way from the beginning, it's been a lie. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it was a lie. Everything was perfect. And then here he comes. Oh, yeah. You know, God doesn't want you to be like him. God don't want you to have the good life. God, God don't want you to have these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could actually have it. Oh, yeah. And it got them in trouble with God. A lie. It all began with a lie. And I get it. And uh, Pastor Justin, I forgot to tell you, but can you, can you tell me? But sometimes I'll... Sometimes we will look in the mirror, and as we're looking at our own reflection, we'll believe a lie about ourselves. And sometimes as you're looking at that reflection of yourself, and you believe that lie, you'll turn around and you'll look at others and believe a lie about them. Because we're, we're, we're not seeing the truth, and so we believe this lie that he presents to us, and we, and we, we just take it. But you need to know that the devil is a liar and that he aims at getting me to believe his biggest lie. 
See, I need the armor of God in my life. I need the truth in my life. I, I need my compass to point north. Otherwise, I can believe anything. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's not the truth. What's the truth? And it is, is this a new truth that just developed, or has it been there? Does it have God's name on it? Is it from Him? Is it alive and active? Is it inspired? Is it full of life? If it's not, that's not from Him. If it's something new, that's not from Him. Here's my challenge for us this morning. Two parts. Number one, recognize the devil's plan against me. Look for it. It's really not that hard to find. Recognize the devil's plan against me. The lie, the strategy, the scheme, the narrative, the stronghold. Look, look. Recognize the devil's plan against me. Number two, recognize the power of the belt of truth in my life to hold everything together. Man, you want your life to be blessed. You want these things to fall into place. Guess who can do it? Guess who can open doors that no one can shut? Guess who can make a way out of impossible situations? He can do it. We're praying for you. I'm praying for you. God has us on this journey, seeking him, seeking his presence, seeking to become more like him. And if we're going to step into these things, it's so important that we don't pretend they don't exist they're real and i get it because of media sometimes those things can be a little intimidating because of the way that it's been portrayed but you have power in the name of jesus you have power through the holy spirit listen let me take a moment to pray for us heavenly father we thank you for this morning and we thank you for your word we thank you lord that it's alive and we thank you holy spirit that throughout the message you've been speaking and ministering just giving us nuggets and giving us moments of challenge and conviction and blessing and favor, God, and understanding. Thank you, God, for your, your desire to work in each and every one of us, Father. I just pray your blessing, Lord, over everyone here today, listening, watching, paying attention, God, present in the room. God, I come against the strongholds in the name of Jesus. I come against Satan and his plans in the name of Jesus. I cancel them in the name of Jesus. God, I speak freedom, Lord, over the church in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. God, I pray for revival in our hearts, our minds. I pray, God, that we would see you for who you are. I pray, God, that we would grab a hold of you, cling to you, Lord. God, I pray, God, that you would work in us in such a way, God, that we would find ourselves closer to you than we've ever been. I pray, God, that our heart would beat as your heart beats. I pray, God, that we would desire more of your presence, God. I pray, God, that we would find hope and healing in you. And I pray, God, that we would also usher others into hope and healing, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. God, help us, Lord, to strap around our waist the belt of truth and live by it, stand by it, do everything in our life by it. Thank you, Lord, for this piece of armor that you make available to us holds everything else together. And I pray that, Lord, I pray that. Help us to recognize 
the, the plan of the enemy, God, and help us, God, to recognize the power of the belt of truth in our lives.